Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. Great ideas I get while scrolling on Instagram. Zero. Great ideas I get while taking a walk. Endless. You never want to give a client, buyer, or seller advice that comes from you needing to be paid. This is the most non-salesy way to Touch. Touch your database. Yeah. The market isn't saturated. Your offer just sucks. That's a lot. I'm not a baker. Right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't deliver cakes. I can't. I can't bring you a cake. I'm sorry. Right. Right. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. It's episode 156. All right. Um, Listener requests. Yes, we've had a lot of questions lately that maybe would not be entire episodes. Well, here's where I think the problem is coming in. We don't want to be redundant in the information we deliver because I feel like there are still topics we haven't touched yet. And at the same time, when we get repetitive requests for the same thing we've already talked about, maybe it's time to just talk about it again. Revisit, but not dedicate a whole episode. Exactly. So we're going to do Q&A style from our friends who made requests. Okay. Okay. But first, the flip report. The flip report. So at this time, I thought I had figured out the bathroom layout, which was very tricky. Okay. But after removing- Master bathroom? Yes. Okay. Because it's a big space, but there's some angles. <laughs> there's always an angle causing a problem. And we're trying to figure out, but we just removed the walls and we were like, oh, well, that layout we thought was going to work isn't going to work. Oh. But we have refigured it out. <laughs> Did it have just a shower before? What style? It was a shower tub combo. Okay. There is a lot of space, but the way that the plumbing lines run, we are going to keep it a shower tub combo. Okay. We're just going to make it a nice big tub and make the shower really nice. Okay. Pretty tile. Beautiful. Can't wait. I can't wait. So we have revised the bathroom layout, but now that the walls are gone, I was like, oh, wow. Yes. This makes You get so two much sinks sense. in there? Yeah. Okay. Love big it. vanity. Love it. It'll be much bigger than the Arden bathroom. Remember, that was just yeah, one Yeah, it, it was very vanity. tight. Yeah. Um, so it for the, like this floor plan is just better. It's so much better. Okay, I love it. So much better. Okay. So for the laundry room, so the st- exterior storage room. Right, that we took in yes, some to get like some square footage. It was like 15 feet long. Wow. Okay, it was long. Wow. We decided not to make the entire thing Sums ex- laundry. Right. We're going to cut it off like five feet okay. to have some exterior storage. Yeah, you got to put your lawnmower somewhere. Yes. And the water heater mm-hmm. can be moved to the outside part. To the exterior storage. Which saved you some it, it's trouble. It's going to cost about $500 to do that, but it's going to look so much better. Right. And now they have exterior storage. Love it. 
And then your Brandy. My broker. Your broker. My Brandy. Your Brandy. My Brandy. Your Brandy broker. And Celia sent me some inspo photos. For I the am exterior. loving this. Are you going to do something like they I'm going to try to match it exactly. <gasps> With the wood? Yes. Oh, Alyssa, it's going to be so fun. I showed it to my contractor. He was like, Ooh. He loved it. I love it. Yes, he okay. was like, I build this. I was like, yeah. Can we just put a pin in the fact that I love how excited he gets about the design choices? Yeah, because he doesn't he's really like, know, but he's, he's like, like, yes. Like he saw all, because he loves to do like woodwork. He was like, we're going to build he this. He said, I can do this. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like, yes. yes. Let's do it. He was like, oh, I like this. I was like, me oh, too. Oh, I love and it. And I love that, you know, Celia got to help pick it out and design because it's her, her neighbor that's now. Right. Oh. But um, I went by the house, and all of the trees are off of her house. Thank goodness. <laughs> Everything that was encroaching on her property is, is moved. Has been moved. Has been it trimmed. looks great. Oh. I am still waiting on the AC people to come. What will the exterior color be? The woodwork is like oh. a natural wood, yes, right? I, I will tell you. I will tell you. Oh, okay. Oh, we're, we're going to get an actual paint color, friends. Yeah. Hold, isn't that please. what you were asking me? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's is it a white? What is it? Yes, it it's is white. white. It's okay. Um, uh, let's see. Adding some wood detail to the exterior will break up all the brick, mm -hmm. which is so smart. Genius. Because mm -hmm. it's a small ranch, low roof line. Right. So this just dresses it up a bit. I love it. She's a genius. She is a genius. <laughs> Shoji White. S-H-O-J-I. Yeah. Shoji. Soji. But it's S-H. Shoji? S H whatever is this the Sherwin Williams White. color people Sherwin are going to ask now. Williams. Thanks. Do you have a number? No. Okay. Tricorn black for the doors. Ooh. And a dark gray for the patio areas, like Kindle charcoal. Okay. Do I sound? This sounds classy. Yes. I can't wait for. to see this classy house. Look. I wonder if YouTube can see it. Oh, YouTube. Good news. You get uh, you get the visual representation. Have you been posting? I haven't turned it no, on. No, I haven't. Gosh I haven't. darn it. Well, look, and I, oh, Let me get God, on the Instagram. so great. I haven't been in person, so I have no before. I, all I have seen is trashy photos of the inside. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> okay, moving. Oh, is that it? Yeah, that's all. Q&A. Q&A. All right, so let's start with the fact that someone asked us a question about managing realtor expectations. So we were going to do a whole episode on that and then decided to maybe collect up some other information as well. Um, so, because we did the episode on how to be a great co-op agent right, where we right. really dived into how to work with other agents well. Yeah, all the logistics. All the logistics, all the things to do. That's episode 129. That would so, be a great one to go listen to. And yeah, we have go some back really good notes on that one. Yes, but here are some quick thoughts on managing realtor expectations. You, I mean, first of all, I went to Google and I found, what does it mean to manage expectations? Okay. Just what does that mean? Communicating so that all involved have a clear understanding of what to expect and when to expect it. So it's just simply communicating. That's all people want to know. 
when are they going to get it? What are they going to get? What are you going to do? Like, what are your business at? All those things. How do you communicate these things to other agents? It's sort of the same as communicating it to your clients though, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like just communicate it. But I think that email templates are pretty huge for yeah. this. And having your systems in place that you're actually using the templates and everyone right. is getting the same message. Right. And then they also asked us about realtor remarks, which We've kind of covered in the multiple offer. Yeah, so um, I have been using the Realtor Remarks pretty frequently when I was getting multiple offers. Sure. And I would change the first line of the public remarks. Okay. To say, please see update in Realtor Remarks. Oh. So that way people looking at it or if maybe they need to ask their agent, hey, it says in here to look at realtor remarks. Can you tell, tell me, me what that says? Like you need your realtor to look to, at realtor remarks. Mm -hmm. I like that. So I do update the regular listing description if there is an update in the realtor remarks. Yeah, I also use realtor remarks to help agents understand things about the house that they might not catch at first glance on a listing. Hmm. Did the house flood and get renovated? Maybe I want to just throw that in the realtor remarks so that we don't, or does it need very expensive flood insurance? Or, um, you know, did it burn down and get rebuilt? Or right. did it, like, is there something that maybe they wouldn't notice right off the bat that would help if they could see it in the realtor remarks? I also always put the reserved items in there. Oh, yeah whatever they are, if they're reserving a light fixture or a fountain or whatever. And um, I have thoughts on putting in all offers received by X time. You know, like if you're listing a new property and you expect it to go in multiple offers, sure, I have used Realtor Remarks to say all yeah. offers are due by Monday at five, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But I would never put that in unless I already had one offer because I feel like it is a jinx. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, yes. I can't put in. Then you have to go like delete that because you're right. like, well. Also remember to delete these things. Oh, yeah. If you eat or if you use public remarks to say open house this weekend. I'm <gasps> always embarrassed when oh, you it says close. open house June 1st in the remarks. And then it's like July 15th. And you're that's not even embarrassing. What if you go to close it three <laughs> months later and it's still in the public remarks? Yeah. It's very embarrassing. You should go change that. Okay. Um, so really communication is how you're going to manage your realtor expectations. Yeah. Okay. I think that that's pretty, oh, my last thought on this before we move on to another one is it's your responsibility as the agent to follow up. If you sent an email or a text or an offer or called another agent and they have not responded and said, I've received this communication, it's on you to follow up. Right. You can't just assume they've received whatever you sent and then move on with your life. Like yes. you need to follow, or what if they are going to show your listing and now you have an offer on the table that you got to respond like an hour after they're showing. Mm -hmm. Don't let them go without you telling them, manage that expectation. Yes. Like they think they're going to show a house they can sell. Well, in an hour you can't. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to have to write your offer in the house if you like it. I'm very adamant about making sure realtors know that mm -hmm. because it's it's the right thing to do. It is. Because it's happened to you where you've been in the house and you call to be like, I'm going to write an offer. And they're like, oh, we're already under contract. That's awful. It's not a good feeling. Mm -mm. And it's very unprofessional. Okay. I think that's all on the managing expectations. Okay. Okay. So Casey from Wisconsin mm -hmm. asked a really good question Ooh. that we are actually going to make an entire episode out of what in was the it? fall. Okay. Let me hear it. 
um, where, how to properly email market, oh, how yeah. to do newsletters, mm-hmm. like the the do's and the don'ts. So we're going to cover email. a lot of this in yeah. the fall. I think that a lot of people are going to start amping up their marketing yes. as the market shifts. So yeah. it'll be a good time to cover that. Yes. So, but just to touch on it really quickly, where do you feel like email marketing and newsletters go wrong? Oh, I will tell you, and we're, I'm not going to go deep in anything that's auto created for you by a service isn't going to work. It's not good. No. And even at Remax, it was a very nice newsletter with very good information, but it, any canned information that you're sending to your database is a waste of your time and is a nuisance to your database. It needs to have you in it. Yeah. It needs to provide local, local. specific value. Yeah. Yes, it's better yeah. to not send it than to send that. Right. But but ideally, you want to send something good. But we'll talk about that in the episode. Yes. Okay. Ready for another one? I am. All right. Jennifer asked, how do you work with buyers from beginning to end? She's a new listener. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No, no. I'm, I'm, that's all right. This is an easy answer. Guess what, Jennifer? In episode 79, you can learn all about buyers, buyers, buyers. Yes, we talk about working from buyers from before they're even pre-approved. The whole way. All the way through the closing table and after. Yeah, I do think that we're pretty good about staying honed in on the fact that we work with buyers and we work with sellers. Yes. And so we talk about it in a lot of episodes, but that one takes you all the way through All the way. That's a good one. Okay. Well, it's good to refresh on these. We have so many new listeners. I know. But at this point, we have so many episodes. Right. So, friends, we never want to leave you behind. And I know that sometimes when you pick up a new podcast, you're not like, oh, I'm going to go back to one and listen all the way through. Should we tell them now about our website? Oh, let's. Yes. Okay. You tell them. Okay. So, we have updated our website, friends. And you can go under the Episodes tab and read the list of episodes per what you need by category. category. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up right Tell now. Tell us the category. Well, I know mindset is a category. If you're there's a mom category, there is a working with buyers category. So you will go to hustlehumblypodcast.com. You will click on episodes, and then what are you in the mood for? <laughs> what are you in the mood for? What do you need to know? There's a how to section. Yes. So the topics that you can choose from. There's so many. Are you laughing at the topics or you just can't get there? Uh, oh, because it's not on the um, mobile version. It's not on the mo. It's okay. We're not going to panic, but I- I'm going to tell you because I can pull it up on my. As we are recording. We're in the process. We are working on our website. By the y'all time kn- this airs, <laughs> y'all know it'll be ready That for we're you. very like, we're just making it happen. Okay. Mindset is a category. Boundaries and self-care. Pre-licensed new agent. So if you're new, but you haven't gotten your license yet. Okay. Parts of the process, new agents. So now you're licensed. What the heck happens now? Um, Systems and tools, how-tos for the moms, for the investors, veteran agents, database love, working with sellers, working with buyers. And then there is one where you can see everything. So I think that's going to be really helpful. So if you're having a specific struggle or something you need more information on, you can go to hustlehumblypodcast.com and just listen to the episodes that you need the most right now. Exactly. That's wonderful. Okay, perfect. Do we finish that question? Mm. Was that your question? Mm -mm, That was your question. That was me. Okay. Are you ready for another one? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Another Jennifer asked, 
How do you deal with mean people? Oh, they're so mean sometimes. It said agents, clients, and vendors. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of mean people. I try to laugh it off. Right. And give the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And not respond quickly. Well, which uh, is hard for me. Yeah, do not respond quickly. I I made a note to keep it professional. Yes. And also, you get more flies with honey. Mm-hmm. So if you want to turn somebody, just keep being nice. Um, but we do have a couple of episodes that will help with this. Number 64 is how to deal with a. Yeah. So remember in 63, we talk about all the ways that people are not so good. Yes. And then we talk about how to deal with that. And then in a- episode 85 is the emotional boundaries. Mm. And I think that gets kind of deep into mean people. Mm-hmm. Um but ultimately, you can't take it personally. You have to remember right. that's uh, that's something that's wrong with them and where they're coming from, and not you and what you're doing. Yes. So I just you got you got to move on. Okay, Emily from Florida Ooh. asked for advice when working with friends and family. Oh, so you want to do a whole episode? Yeah, huh? we are also going to do a whole episode on this one in the fall as well. Um, but my main highlight would be. You you think maybe you can slack or relax a little no, more you or really wear, amp up the- wear your yoga pants to the <laughs> showing or just not give them the full level of service because they're your best friend, okay? Yeah. I cannot tell you how many clients have come to me and said, listen, my aunt's a realtor, but we just don't see ourselves using her. Right. She's very unorganized. Yeah. She never has it all together. Or my best friend's an agent, but they're part-time and we're worried about that. Yeah. So you think they're not comparing you. But they are. But they are because this is a big decision for them as buyers or sellers. You should be over the top with your professionalism. I can remember, and I think I've shared this before, but I reached out to a friend Mm -hmm. that did some like website design stuff to help me with my website. And I just thought it would be, you know, oh, sure. Yeah, whatever. She immediately sent me this intro with a contract and like her example templates. And it made me like, wow, yeah. this is so neat. Like she's a real professional. Right. Look at this. I, I am shocked. I never skip an email template, even if I'm working with someone that's like my dad. Right. right. I'm like, no, everyone gets you the template. You need this the most. Yeah. 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 It, I think that in, we tend to think you can be more relaxed, but really you have to be more on your game, really showing your value. And also, if you don't want to talk about work at eight o'clock at night, you do the same thing Uh that you would with a client. If they text you about a loose toilet at 8 p.m. I'll get with you in the morning. Yeah, just I'll get I'll check on that first thing in the morning or just respond first thing in the morning at the appropriate time. It's okay. It's okay. It's no different than any other client. We'll do a whole we'll do a whole Whole thing, yeah. Okay. All right. Are you ready from Amy? How do you stay motivated? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what was our cheer? Oh, uh, two, four, six, eight. It's time for us to motivate. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole episode. You're right. How do we motivate you? Yeah. Um, There are a lot under the mindset. um, Yes, under the mindset category. There's lots of them. But I do have a thought on this. I just took an actual one week vacation, (laughs) like an actual, like seven days, seven full days with my friends and my family. And I only worked very briefly one day to send an offer. I did not stress or think about work or worry about cleaning out my email. I did it before I left. 
and then I let it be. Um, I think if you are losing motivation or something is happening with the shifting market that's making you feel like you need to push, instead of pushing, take an actual break, mm -hmm. like a real break. When you come back from a real break, more than a day, mm -hmm. You feel like I can handle this. Maybe I want to take on a new whatever, or maybe I just have more motivation to do what I was doing before. Like you can't just keep running yourself ragged. No, I saw a meme that said, great ideas I get while scrolling on Instagram. None. Zero. <laughs> Zero. Great ideas I get while taking a walk endless right like that's you're great you don't have your phone with you and you're like oh my gosh this is such a great idea i need to write this down yeah. or do this or do oh, that always like, in the shower yes yes and always. so maybe get paper and write it down so, because if you pick up your phone to write it down you're going to see all your text messages yeah, and then you're going to forget don't. to write it down I, that's a great tip so just great step tip. away step away yeah refresh gotta do the refresh and regularly yeah i mean like well i think that's a big thing too is that people think well we went on vacation this summer i'm like you need a day off at least every week. Yeah. Two, two at least. You can't stay motivated seven days a week. No. And if you're trying to push yourself to do that, it's just a, you're heading for burnout for sure. A hundred percent. Okay. Um, and then um, Amy had a second part to her question. And I sort of paraphrased it a bit. How do you do a mid-year check-in? So we're recording this right at mid-year. Okay. It'll come out in August, I think. How do you do a mid-year check-in? Like, what do you what do you take the pulse of in your business right now? For yourself? Now? Yeah, how do you do it? Do oh. you do it? Um, I have not been as religious. When I was new, like, my first couple years, yes, always. All right, well, what I mean, you I recommend? still track things. You don't have to, like, do a big... I think it's good to track your business. Yeah. Where does it come from? Right. How many buyers versus how many sellers and where did they all come from? Where did they come from? Um, are you on track with your goals? If you're behind, what are some things you can do to amp up finishing the year strong? Mm -hmm. We have a mid-year check-in episode. We do. We sure do. I don't know the number. I can look it up. I put in here to audit your spending. Okay. So mid-year and beginning of the year, at least twice a year, you need to look at what are you spending money on in your business? Is the money you're spending actually bringing in clients? So like you just said, where did your business come from? Mm -hmm. Y'all, you should have this recorded somewhere. I don't care if you did five transactions in the beginning of the year or 50. If you don't have a document that tells you where each of those clients came from, you are not running a business. No. You're not. You're not running a business. So you need to audit your spending, audit where your business is coming from, and then do more of what's working. Episode 50 is the mid-year check-in. So you can just go listen to 45 minutes mm -hmm. of how to really dive into that. How to do that. Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. What do we mention almost every episode? Email templates. You're right. We sure do. <laughs> and after every time we mention an email template, do you know what we get? Emails asking if they can have <laughs> copies of the email template. Can you send me a copy of that template? I sure. never had one like that. That sounds great. And you know what the good news is? What? You can get all of our email templates from our course, Email Templates 101. Tell the people about it. Our course has all of the email templates you would need to send to your buyers and your sellers and your clients that are buying and selling at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> to get through every step of the transaction and giving them information that they need for where they are in the transaction. It's great because you never forget to tell them something. Yes, and we've already done all the work for you. Yeah. We wrote them and yeah. you can personalize them. Yes. And just feel organized knowing that 
you have all the information where it needs to be. And if you purchase Email Templates 101, you do get lifetime access. So occasionally we like to go in and make updates based on the market or if we find a new best practice. And we put that right into the template and you get that updated straight away. It just goes straight to your course. Yep. Right, it's, it's just there. It's, it's just already there. in there. It's just already there. in there. You don't even have to worry about it. We'll That's send wonderful. you an email and we'll say updated. That's great. Where can they find these email templates? You can find the email templates at email templates with an S 101.com. Email templates 101.com. Yes, head over for reviews and all of the specifics. Wonderful. Okay, enjoy. All right, Lindsay from Georgia is concerned and <laughs> says, concerned. how do we handle issues with Zillow and Zillow being a broker and a oh. member of NAR mm-hmm. and owning showing time? Like, is Zillow taking over the world, Katie? No. What episode do I talk about this? The sky t- is falling. <laughs> like, you talk about, we talk about the power of people. Right. And our value. Right. And why Zillow will never replace us. Right. In episodes 29. 29. Which is the power of people. Hello. And episode 95, man versus the machine. The machine. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that it is, this is a common um, talking point for agents. It's a common thing that people get like worked up about and worried about. First of all, you're not going to change the fact that Zillow is a thing. It is. Or any other real estate technology. Every business has threats or competition is always going to be there. But you have to keep in mind, and I think you've already heard the episode. Yes, we've already, recently we did um, the for sale by owner. Oh, yes. With how to speak to your value. Yes. Being able to speak to your value and, and not just being able to speak to it, actually internalizing and knowing what your value is makes this a non-problem for me. No problem. Zillow cannot compete with Katie. Zillow cannot compete with Alyssa. Right. And and I can't compete with Zillow. Right. I'm not trying to. I don't do what Zillow does and Zillow doesn't do what I do. Exactly. So to me, there's not, it's not a, you're not my direct competition. Right. And if you are operating from like a fear base, it's good to know these things and be knowledgeable about Mm -hmm. what's going on. But don't let the fear creep into your business. No, don't let it take you to a bad, dark place. No, no. Because that's what I think happens. Oh, no, Zillow's a broker. I think people also worry about like the ethics implications of Zillow being a broker. Like you can't, you know, talk badly about another broker. And so they're like, oh. you follow it. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It gets kind of sticky because it's really a, a big, giant machine, right? Yes. It's not like a, a human. Right, right. So I just feel like... Don't let it don't let it throw you off your game. Mm-hmm. It, we're focused here on people, yeah, and not on what that. I, also, finding someone a house is not my number one value. No, it doesn't. That's okay if they fail in the house on Zillow. I don't need to convince all my clients to never use Zillow no. or Realtor dot com or whatever website they want to use. Right, I don't care. I think our template even says like. This website updates this often, but use whatever one. If that's what you like, that's the interface easiest you li- for you. Yeah, that's the interface you like. Right. Look, we've already gone too far down this rabbit hole where they the, they put out all the marketing dollars. They've got all the attention of the people. So I cannot fight. Like, right. It's that's fine. where they're going to find the house. Right. It's okay. It's okay. All right. Are you ready for another question? Mm-hmm. Julia asked. How to be honest with buyers about the risk of waiting to to buy without being pushy. So 
we are going to do a full episode on the shifting of this market. But how do you deal with being honest with buyers but not being pushy? Whenever I have to deliver a message like that, I just say, I want you to know I'm not trying to be pushy. (laughs) Just like, right, identify. But what I am seeing right now is that interest rates are going up or this is happening or whatever you're trying to say, preface it with the truth. I'm not trying to pressure you in any way. I'm just letting you know this is what I have seen. Right. So if you're worried about your monthly note, it might only get higher the next few years as interest rates go up. So it just depends on your time frame. Right. And it's always important for you to be aware of the data. Mm-hmm. Like what is what are the economists saying? What is the like what are the articles that you're reading telling you? And then you just relay that to these people. Listen, here's the data. If you're not comfortable, that's fine with me. I'll be around. I'm gonna be here in a year and five years and ten years. Mm-hmm. So okay. No big deal. I even had a seller recently that was trying to figure out if he was going to sell. He had gone through a divorce and he got the house, but it's a little too much for him by himself. And mm-hmm. he was telling me what he was looking for. Okay. And I said, I have to tell you that what you described you're looking for is very similar to what you have now. And I think you're going to pay a lot more for it. And I think staying put might be the best thing for you. Right. And he said, well, I'm so sorry that I wasted your time. And I said, it is not a waste at all. Like I am here to tell you the truth. Yeah. So that you can make the best financial decision that you need to. Yes. And I tell them too, like, I have been very blessed in my business. You not selling your home is not going to hurt me at all. And you need to do what's best for you. And they like to hear that. You never want to give a client, buyer, or seller advice that comes from you needing to be paid. Never. Ever. Mm -mm. Never, ever, ever. You need to give them advice based on what is the right financial decision for them. And if you truly believe that they need to buy now, you can say that. Yeah. And you can say... I'm not just saying this right. because I need a closing because I don't. Yeah. I'm saying that based on the data I know, yeah. it seems that you need to buy now, but it's up to you ultimately what decision you want right. to make. Right. Okay. El- uh, Alondra. Alondra. Alondra asked, how do you create a vendor list when you are new? I love this question. <laughs> this is my favorite way to reach out to your database especially when you're new, especially when you're new. Hey, I've gotten my real estate license. I'm collecting a list of vendors I would love to share with you once I'm done. Have you worked with a plumber or an electrician or a home inspector or any of a CPA of anyone? Have you worked with anyone that you just really love? Do you know someone or what is your business? Can I put you on my vendor list? Y'all, this is the most non-salesy way to Touch, touch your database yes. and get like, you know, you show that you're a professional, you get your list filled out. And then when you're done filling out your list, you send it to everyone that helped you. And then they're so excited and they're like, wow, this is very valuable. It's so this valuable. This kind of goes back to Casey's question about how to do a newsletter or email marketing mm-hmm. well. Right. First, you're asking for something specific that yep. they're you. Anytime you're happy with someone, you're pretty excited to share. Yeah. Like, hey, my yard guy is amazing. Right. Here you go. Here's his info. And then they're excited again when they get your complete list. Right. And they have all this new wonderful information. And you know what the 
beauty of a vendor list is you can have three lawn people, you can have one lawn person, you can have no lawn person. Nobody knows. It's not like a- If something's missing. You add it along the, like you just, mm -hmm. you could start with 10 people on the list and then add as you go. Yeah. So it's not like this is an activity that you're never, that you have to get perfect right. before you share. Mm -hmm. You can literally start with five vendors. Yeah. And send it out. And then every six months you send the update. Perfect. Perfect. All right, you got another one? Natalie from Illinois says, I'm a new agent, but everyone I know knows five agents. <sighs> how, how do I handle this? How do I even? Okay, <laughs> this is so funny. I don't know if this is going to be helpful or not, Natalie. But I was reading this list of, I think I showed you um, that Dakota, the business guy, the guy mm -hmm. who dropped out of school and then basically learned as much as he could about business and started a business without going to college. Anyway, one of the things that he said is the market isn't saturated. Your offer just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, everyone knows a realtor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I hate to say this, but 80% of realtors aren't that great. Just look at the number. A lot of them don't even sell. A lot of them don't even sell. So just because everyone in your database knows your Aunt Lucy and she's a realtor, is she really a producing realtor? Does she even want the business? Are you able to quickly overtake her in their minds by simply having like a social media presence or sending out a vendor list? Or well, like here's doing the thing too. I've had situations where years one through three, I watched repeatedly my yeah. friends and some family use agents that I did not – some right. of them were actually, like, really good. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm never going to – They're never. why would right. they use me when they have her? I, right. I felt like that was a really good agent. Right. But year four, five, six, they called me. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Right. I wonder why they called me. <laughs> when they use so and so, like, last why didn't you time. go back to? Yeah, like uh -huh. I was shocked, and they were like, "I don't know. I just feel like you do such a great job, and I've been following you on social media, and I love seeing how you work." And so, right, we just gave you a call, and right. I'm like, "Wow!" All of that to say, unfortunately, the 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 harder part of this is that it does just take time. Yeah, especially when you're new, you do have to set yourself apart. Yeah, and prove more than anything that you're here for the long haul and that yes. you're not going anywhere. Yeah. And when they realize that, they call you. I can remember one of my good friends had an agent, and she told me, "Hey, like I don't want you to be upset. I was new. I was like year one." I'm using the agent that sold us our house right. to buy. And mm -hmm. I didn't want you to be upset because like we just love her. And I was like, wow, that's like awesome. Tell me what makes you love her. Yeah. She was like, she was just really sweet. And she sent us like a birthday cake on our birthday. And I'm thinking, whoa, that's a big commitment, you right. know? Well, six years later, they called me. You're like, what about your birthday cakes? Yeah, what about your birthday cakes? I'm not sending birthday cakes. That's a lot. I'm not a baker. Right. <laughs> I don't I don't deliver cakes. I can't I can't bring you a cake. I'm sorry. Right, right. And she was like, I just love watching you work. I love how professional you are. You do a lot of business. Was she still getting the cakes is my question. Do you I know? know? I don't know. Oh, because that's hard to sustain. Yeah. Birthday. A card is hard enough. A card is really difficult. Because you have to like time it okay. that they don't get it like a week later. Just to remember to do it. I know. But it goes to show okay. that was someone that I thought that I'll never I'll have never them. have them. That's okay. Yeah. Because I'm not going to deliver cakes. Okay. But she used me anyway. 
I love five it. Five years later. I love it. Okay, are you ready for another one? Mm-hmm. Sydney asked, what are some of your organizational tips? Oh, so many. <laughs> so many. Where to begin? Um, I would like to begin with tools because we have a whole episode on tools. I think it's like episode eight maybe, and it's tech tools for realtors. Okay. It's not, they're not that techie. Why but, systems are the answer yes. is a great, do you have that one written down? I don't I have the number. It. You okay. can find it. Okay. But I would say in order to stay organized, you need some simple tools. If you're going to use Trello, use Trello. It's very helpful, easy to use, very or- easily organized. Your database spreadsheet doesn't need to be a whole CRM. It needs to be a simple single page spreadsheet. We we share this. You can go to the website and get the link for um, the ours. Our database. Yeah, yeah, ours. It's very easy. I think the other thing I put in there is cleaning out your email. Yes. <laughs> Keeping it tidy. Just And there's a whole episode on Alyssa's email class on how to keep your email clean. But honestly, it's easy to stay organized when your systems, when you don't have too many systems. Yes. You can't overcomplicate it. If you have a super complicated database yeah. that has all these bells and whistles that you don't use right. and it's always emailing you and yelling at you. It's very overwhelming. It's overwhelming. And then you feel like you have failed because you spent you all this money all. and you don't use it. Yes. Yeah. I think done is better than perfect Uh is one of our episodes, but episode 58 is systems are the answer. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is a really good one. It talks a lot about, you know, ways to stay organized. I mean, I do a lot of volume and if I didn't have systems in place, I, it would be very bad. Email templates Mm -hmm. are like one of the biggies and, um, I feel like once I had email templates in place and was using them consistently, that's when I didn't even need outside help. Mm-mm. Like I, my business didn't get slower, but I no longer needed an assistant the way I did before because it just eliminated a lot of the back and forth communication with my clients. So many agents spend time on things that aren't necessary. So if you're right. wasting your time, you're not going to be super organized. Episode 82 mm-hmm. is the problem with perfection. Oh, I like it. You're so obsessed with like doing it the right yeah. perfect way yeah. that it actually never gets it done. It never gets done. And it takes mm-hmm. a lot of your time worrying about it yes. and trying to do it and then scrapping it completely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those are good tips. All right. Jasmine asked, is it time to hire a coach? <laughs> Her question was more thorough on like the market is shifting. Do I need to hire an assistant? Start a team? The question is, is it- the market is shifting. <laughs> Things might slow down. Right. Income might slow down. Should I spend thousands of dollars now hiring a coach? I we're, I just have so many thoughts about this. Our disclaimer is that Katie and I are a bit anti-coaching. We just right. We we've done a lot of research, and we see people that do coaching, and they don't sell real estate, y'all. Right. So here's the number one thing: if you're going to consider hiring a coach, really make a list of why. Why? Because a coach doesn't change the market for you. If the market is rough, having a coach doesn't change that. Do you need someone to hold you accountable? Is that something you could get out of a co, like a coworker instead of having to pay? Y'all, literally thousands of dollars for a coach. It's not cheap. Like they're very expensive. They are. They're very, very expensive. So how are they going to quantify for you the results? Are they going to make you do something you're not going to do like cold call? 
So that's another thing too, is say you're a podcast listener and you go listen to system the systems episode, mm-hmm. but you don't implement anything. Right. If you're not implementing the free stuff, why would you go pay to be given more that you're not going to implement? Right. Because ultimately a coach is going to tell you to do work. Yeah. And if you're not comfortable doing the work. And there's so many work, free resources out there that tell you to do you work. You can listen to 156 episodes of the Hustle Homely podcast and get- For free. For free, a lot of what you would get from a coach. So I feel like- I have think, one funny coach story. Oh my God, do you really? <laughs> my friend was paying like thousands of dollars for yeah. the- I think ugh, a month. A month. For this coach. Mm-hmm. It always rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> right. Okay. I just felt the things she was telling me, it didn't make sense. So I like research. The coach? The coach. Okay. okay? And he had tried to be a realtor. And failed. And failed. Mm-hmm. But he's a really good public speaker, really good motivator. Right. Right. So he's basically like a crap talker, right. if you will. Yeah. And is charging people an astronomical amount of money to tell them what to do when he could not do it himself. So then I kind of just expressed like, hey, you might want to like research this guy. I just, I've heard about him and I don't know that he should be coaching you. So she said their next coaching call, she was like, hey, I'm sorry. Like, I can't hear you really well. It's really loud. Or I, I don't I don't know if we're having like a bad connection. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm riding my bike. His bicycle? His bicycle. Like while he coached? Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Outside. Not like a stationary bike. Like this is actually dangerous. He was just like biking and coaching. Biking and coaching. He had his like headset and he's just doing living the life on his new bike with that probably was paid cost for. a lot of yes, money. But that he his new hobby paid for by all his coaching clients. That is bizarre. And she was like appalled because she's like, this is my hour. I paid a lot of money for this. Yes. And you're riding your bicycle. Mm -hmm. It also made me feel sleazy like when they post like pictures of like, this is a real life example, (laughs) a picture of a Rolex. And it's like, you can achieve what you dream. And I'm like, oh, ew, just stop posting things like that. No, I think that there are probably, I'm certain there's some good coaches out there. I'm certain. I'm certain that there are. I think that you should interview your coach the way you interview your broker Mm -hmm. and you should hear about their past and what is what are their qualifications to be a coach? What what makes them qualified to teach you how to sell real estate? Right. And kind of get maybe the little lay of the land before you sign up because they're all good salesmen. Very good salesmen. They're going to tell you that you just need them to keep, you know, give you the info and keep you in line. And all of their clients make triple the income the next year. Well, what are they going to tell you to do? And are you going to do it? Right. If you can't do the free stuff, maybe start by saying, you know what, before I hire a coach. Yeah. I'm going to commit to... How many for sale owners did you call? Oh, 100. 100. Know, yeah. You didn't need a coach to tell you to do that. No, I may have needed a coach to... To tell you to stop. Get some success or something. <laughs> Jeez I Louise. Right. So it, I'm sure there are some delightful coaches, um, but I don't think that a changing market suddenly means you need a coach. No. It means you need to maybe adjust, but not necessarily a coach. Right, right. Okay. You have another one? One more. I have one more too. Okay, good. Great. Bridget from Tennessee is new to her location and is trying to build a sphere mm-hmm. 
from scratch. Mm-hmm. I have a friend in my office that moved a few times. She was a great agent here. Okay. Just as she was starting to get momentum, her husband got moved. Okay. And she had to go to a new marketplace. Okay. And was smart because she realized, like, we have a little kid. I can't just, like, do certain – she knew her limitations. Okay. She started by interviewing some new construction, like, builders and got a job in, like, a sales position in it as a realtor. Like, it was a realtor position. Right. With a builder. Okay. And learned so much about the community. Yes. But it was like she knew how much she was going to make and get paid. Yeah. And it was a situation where, based on here's the thing do you need guaranteed money quickly? Are you okay hustling for two to three years while you build a sphere until you can get regular income? Right. But the biggest thing is you have to meet people. A lot of them. A lot of people and form real relationships and like, Get yeah. in people's life and like it, it's a lot. It takes a lot of time, time. to develop and cultivate relationships, but mm-hmm. it's the best business. Right. You really have to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. You got to get the right hairdresser who yeah. has a sphere and doesn't have a realtor in it already. You got to go to all the local businesses. You got to be on social media, making friends with all the boutique owners and all yeah. the restaurant owners. But and, you can do it if you yeah. have the time and if you're committed to doing it but if not you may need to start off on a team yeah maybe join a team and get to know like learn subdivisions and or you join a really good brokerage that maybe does tours and tour listings and do do open houses you're gonna for sure need a social media strategy yeah like for for real for real it's a lot of work but you can do it yep you totally can okay great that really flows right into this question which was from katie and she said What do new agents that just started in 2020 through 2022 need to know? Like, what do they need to know? They've been experiencing this crazy up market. They don't have any point of reference for regular. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like to start by saying episode 26 is what we wished we knew before we started. Mm -hmm. Okay. So like what we wish we knew. And I would also like to say that all of our episodes are informed by the fact that we've been through regular markets. Yes. None of the advice we give, except for maybe like multiple offer, you know. The multiple offer episode. Everything else is is based on a more normal market, which is where we are headed. Not a, a business is just going to knock you over when you walk out of your front door situation. All the listings sell easy peasy. All the, you know, there's like buyers, buyers, buyers. There's yeah. so many people. So I think that even just listening to any of the episodes, we always come at it from a normal market perspective. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Yeah. So they can all offer advice for no matter what the market is. I, that's because what I think. Yeah. I haven't really changed how I operated much. I mean, it's no. Um, I have a few other thoughts. New agents who maybe did find success quickly and easily during this time frame. Now you probably need to be prepared to work. continue to be consistent like you know you save your money yeah don't be a secret agent Mm -hmm. so even if you have to go back maybe you were too busy to post about all those closings that you had early in your career maybe now it's time to go back and make posts about your past clients and what the stories were Mm -hmm. this is my first umpire who did this this you know whatever um and then episode 103 is the new agent 101 I think it's good to go back. Back to the basics. Yeah, back to the basics. Oh, that's um we have one. Mm-hmm. We that's do. um 
Bare necessities. Bare necessities. That's right. Okay. That's all the questions I have for today, Alyssa. Wonderful. Are you going to look up our toast? (laughs) I have it right here. So the bare necessities episode is episode 40. 40. And that would be a great one if you're... You know, a new agent that maybe just jumped into a crazy market. Yeah. Get back to the basics. Look, here's the thing. (laughs) If you're not comfortable with change, this might not be the career for you because the market is forever shifting. Mm -hmm. It's never, it's not perfectly normal. It's not level. Sometimes it's seller's market. Sometimes it's a buyer's market. There's going to be challenges all the time. Sometimes it's way up and that's even challenging because then you have to figure out how to deal with multiple offers or your buyers can't get a house or there's always a challenge that you're trying to help your clients through, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like it's not ever, this is just regular. This like there might be a challenging neighborhood or a challenging situation in your town. Like you just never know. Right. So you have to just kind of go with the flow. Okay. Here is our toast from Katie Kirkham. She is in, I think, oh, oh, I got it. Mill Creek, Washington. Cool. Okay. And Kelly, who she's toasting to, is located in Mucil... Mucil... What's... M-U-K-I-L-T-E-O. Mucil-T-E-O? I don't know clue. In right. Washington? Anyway, in Washington. Neat. All right. So Katie is going to toast to Kelly Clark at First American Title. Oh, neat. This is so fun. I met Kelly my first week after getting my real estate license. She took me to lunch and we just clicked. After a few weeks later, when I got my first open house, I called her in a panic because I was not prepared. She set out a grocery bag on her front porch full of shoe covers, first-time homebuyer books, seller books, title and escrow information books, check-in list, kids coloring books, and hand sanitizer, and more. Whoa. She hooked her up. Yeah. Fast forward a few months. We talked every other week. She would check in on me and give me encouragement and motivate me. Kelly eventually helped me relocate to my current brokerage when I was feeling stuck and very down about myself and real estate altogether. And let me tell you that it was the change of pace that I needed. Yesterday, she called me with an amazing opportunity to work with another agent who was moving out of state. I'm just so thankful for our friendship. Kelly has always been so supportive and just an all-around amazing woman. Cheers, Kelly. Awesome. That's wonderful. How great is that? So helpful. So cheers to Kelly. That's amazing. Everyone needs a good title company in their life. Everyone needs it. You need it. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you, Katie, for that lovely toast. Yes, great. Okay, bye, friends. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.